You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. This week saw the end of one of the professional sporting landscape's longest running and most famous commercial partnerships. It is the end of an era, specifically the end of a nearly three-decade era. Tiger Woods and Nike have decided to parted ways. The contract is over. The partnership is over. Uh, This is a deal that gave Tiger Woods $660 million over those 27 years. Yeah, golf for Tiger Woods and sportswear giant Nike parting ways this week after a 27-year Relationship. The 15-time major golf champion signed a $60 million contract with Nike when he turned professional as a 20-year-old in 1996. His last contract, a 10-year deal estimated at around $300 million US dollars. Former New Zealand cricketer Richard Reid spent 12 years as a senior executive with Nike between 1987 and 1999. The last five of those years as general manager at Nike New Zealand. He joins us now. Richard, thanks for taking the time to give us some insight. Before we talk about Tiger specifically, uh, can you paint the picture for us of how commercial deals worked for athletes in the 80s and 90s? I guess starting with the, the landmark, uh, landmark deal signed between Michael Jordan and Nike in 1984. Yeah, hi, Tony. Um Yeah, it was a different world then, obviously, um, and sports stars, particularly American ones, uh, were just starting to be used as sports marketing tools, and the sort of cult of a personality started to arrive principally in basketball in the U.S., um, which also flowed into other other U.S. sports like ice hockey and uh, tennis as a world sport, people like Agassi and Sampras. Um, and um, and baseball, but the NBA was the real growth engine of American sports um, worldwide, and the growth of Michael Jordan from about 1985 onwards, and the launch of his first Air Jordan shoe, which must have been about um, 87ish, 80, 86ish, really galvanised the the whole gambit of using sports personalities as a sports marketing tool. So as we get towards the end of Michael Jordan's career, I think he won the last of his NBA championships with the Chicago Bulls in in 1997. That sort of dovetails nicely into when Tiger came on board with Nike. Can you remember the circumstances around Tiger Woods becoming a Nike athlete? Yep, very clearly. Um, For years, probably the previous eight uh, or so, various shoe companies like Reebok, Converse, Adidas all had their marquee athletes like Shaquille O'Neal or Magic Johnson, Patrick Ewing, etc. And as Jordan's career was coming to an end, not necessarily his deal with Nike, it's still worth gazillions. Um, his, his, uh, everyone was looking for the new Jordan, you know, within Nike. The, the terminology was, you know, who's it going to be? There was couple of um, stellar basketballers then, one a guy called Penny Hardaway, who some would remember a very cool lot of adverts that he was he did, and um, another guy, Alonzo Mourning, and everyone assumed Nike was going to go that way, but Nike's founder, Phil Knight, was in a different, going in a different direction, and he was on the fairways, and all of a sudden, he came up with this young African-American Thai kid called Tiger Woods, and um, no one saw that coming. And he became the face of the brand literally overnight. And within, you know, 
couple of years, really. I, th- um, I think he won his first major in 1997, I think it was. I think it was the Masters. Um, all of a sudden, he just exploded onto the onto the world scene. So, I mean, that talks a lot about the the out-of-the-box thinking of Phil Knight, doesn't it? And that, you know, Jordan had been the poster child for, for commercial partnerships between athletes and sporting apparel companies. The fact that he'd gone, you know, not just outside the basketball court, but to a very, very different sport um, in golf, this is kind of groundbreaking stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it sure was. It wasn't so much about the sport because the golf then and perhaps even still now is, is, is quite an elitist sport and it's very unusual for a person like Tiger to even be playing the game, um, let alone being so far um, ahead of anyone else in the game. Uh, it wasn't, as I say, it wasn't so much about the golf, it was about the face and what he could do and how he could dominate and you know you couldn't argue that Tiger hasn't dominated his game like Michael Jordan dominated his. So how big was Tiger Woods for Nike? Oh, as a brand, um, you know, as a brand spokesman, um, advertising, you know, face, um, he, he he was extraordinary, and because he reached across so many different. Um, pillars of society, you know, into Asia, um, into African American culture, um, into into Europe, and he travelled the world. You know, Jordan, of course, played in the NBA and the and the and the CNN or TNT or or, or the early televisions travelled the world. But Jordan didn't go very far. But Tiger was all over the place, and so Tiger could be um, used as the world got, world got smaller and smaller. Is it possible for, for Nike, uh, for any of these footwear and apparel brands, to, to get an accurate measure of their return on an investment of this size? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he he would just be, his royalty on what, whatever the sales figures were with product of, uh, associated with him would just be a line on a costing sheet. So you could certainly draw a line to whatever the money that was paid to him um, against sales of product equating to his you know gear um it would be harder to get it on you know a a, a, a um, product with just a swoosh on it that would be that wouldn't be possible but certainly on his branded product yeah it would be is it still uh is it still as prevalent today richard uh, are, are deals of this sort i mean so nike don't have tiger anymore um but they do have lebron for example but then he's coming towards the end of his career would um would would there be a bunch of Nike executives looking for the next Tiger Woods, the next LeBron James right now? Oh, for sure. And, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it's somewhere where nobody else is looking. Um, they, they will be... Um, my suspicion is is um, that they'd be, you know, somewhere in Asia. Um, China's a pretty big market for them. Um, but they, they will they will surprise again. There'll be there'll be there'll be no doubt. And Jordan Woods, you mentioned before that the deal is still worth something to these athletes. They continue to earn. Will Tiger continue to earn money from Nike? Probably not, because my understanding is that they're going to go out of golf. Um, they're already out of equipment. You get clubs, balls, and bags, and they've only really been in apparel and footwear for about the last 
six or seven years, um, my understanding is that they're going to go out of those as well. Um, so, you know, there's no there's no royalties from a, from a Jordan brand, you know, the, the Jumpman or or the Air Jordan, um, either new or retro stuff. So, no, I think it would, I don't, I don't know for certain, but my senses would tell me it would be the end. All right. Hey, thanks, Richard. Appreciate you giving us some uh, some insight. Richard Reid there, former New Zealand cricketer, of course, but also senior executive at Nike in the late 80s and right through the 90s. Uh, last five of those, general manager at Nike New Zealand. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.